0: and welcome back to your favourite uncle-nephew podcast. It's Elian Sinsett here again. Uh, you wanted to say something?
1: No, I I, I was just curious because I know that today we're going to be talking about football and the English Premier League as probably our starting point. But I I was just curious because, you know, I, I've not been, because of the Rugby World Cup, I've been more yeah. focused on the rugby. But as we're talking about football, I they thought, I don't know who's who's top of the league now, you know, because I know that Man City were playing so well. I know that Arsenal won well, at the beat, weekend; City. they beat City, which is a good result. Uh, so I mean, so so maybe Man City aren't? Are they no, still the top? Third. Uh,
0: oh, God damn it! You oh. guys are first. Uh, okay, so, score more goals than
1: Arsenal. Uh, who, who's who's first? Who's first? Uh, who? Vietnam. Can <laughs> you so say? Can you say that, can you say that again? Because my ear, I'm, I'm getting old, so why, I struggle with my hearing. Why would you
0: do this? It's torture. Tottenham are first in the Premier League. They are not. You know. I get it. It's not. You many know what's many. funny? The table right now: Tottenham, Arsenal, and City. Yeah. My flat. I think they were messing yeah. around a bit, but before the season started, they predicted the yeah. season would end. Tottenham first, Arsenal second, very close, and then City third. So somehow they've got it 32 no. weeks. They've got it right
1: 32 weeks early or 30 oh. weeks early. <laughs> well, even as a typical Tottenham fan, don't expect us to be in this position at the end of the season. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we're, we're, much, so the thing about Tottenham fans, we're realistic. And, uh, you know, the glasses are always half empty yeah. for us. So, uh, well, let's just say, I'm just enjoying the moment, so well, as simple can as that. I ask you
0: though, how do you manage the pain? Because right now, as a United fan, I feel like well, where Arsenal and Spurs were maybe a decade ago, it was just that constant cycle of hope and despair every season. You come in, manager comes in, sign you have hope, and then you see the players play and it's just despair for the rest of it. And it just goes like that through the season. How do you guys... Deal with it. Like, how do you not get heart palpitations every time? How, how? Like, I'm just, I just need some advice on it because I really can't take it anymore.
1: It's, it's called, it's called being pragmatic. It's called. I mean, the trouble you United, fan, I mean, the trouble being a United fan is you're so used to success that the slightest bit of a uh, discouragement you guys get, and it's like you're falling off a cliff. You know, it's um. You need to sort of just man up a bit, really, and just recognise that only one team can win the league, and it ain't going to be you. And as a Tottenham fan, we've accepted that a long time ago. That's why for us, playing good football is more important than anything else because we don't win yeah, but, the big one. You, know, you that's, say
0: be pragmatic. I was being pragmatic. We were losing on the weekend, 3 p.m. kickoff, so I couldn't really watch it. I went on a walk with my flatmates, mm. and I was like, I, t- I literally was like, right, I'm going to check the score, see if we lost by two or three, and we came back ninety plus three, ninety plus seven, and we beat Brentford two one. And for a moment, there was just yeah. pure joy on my face, and within like ten uh-huh. seconds, I was like, okay, that's good, but you know, this is are we? This is international break now, so it's not like we can immediately take that momentum going forward. So it's almost like I'm expecting the next disappointment. But at the same time, it's just, how can you, I'm hoping that the club uses it as momentum, but I'm partially expecting disappointment because I'm used to that from past decade. But I don't know. How do you just stick to one feeling? I, I, you know?
1: I think it's I think in your situation, and I'm going to probably talk about it a bit more, cause, is that it's very difficult because Football, football clubs are like an organisation. What goes on at the top impacts yeah. the bottom, and therefore, what goes on at the head in terms of your ownership, the uncertainty of the ownership, actually plays itself out on the field because the fans are, are disconcerted. They make comments, and the players are human. You know, they react to that. So it's very difficult, I think, for the Man United players. Given the situation with the ownership, to, to to play the best way they possibly can, and I think to be honest, you guys are playing quite very very well considering your situation in terms of what filters through. You know that's yeah you've got that you've got that issue continuously. I mean you've got the whole thing with the Newton Heath United. You know where certain fans don't because you know, there's a natural hatred of the Glaziers and the way they, the way they behave. So you know, you've you've always got that element impact in impacting the players because the players they live around Manchester you know it's it's they go out they hear what's going on they you know, the, the problem with Manchester as well is that historically that the people in and around Manchester support Man City so therefore anyway is that there's that is a slightly alienation you know, from the football. From the people, yeah, yeah, mostly. Like, if you go for strength and everything, I, I was really surprised. Man United is a yeah, global but, club, you know. You, you Man United, the Etihad is usually has usually has so many empty
0: seats. Then, if they'll...
1: yeah, it's 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 bizarre. It's it's a bizarre situation because more people. I think also it's about wealth as well. People travel to United. I mean, United have got like, you know, they've got a waiting yeah. list for people even now. A waiting list yeah. for season ticket holders. You know, it, it, people travel. I mean, people travel at weekends from Norway and Cyprus. And, you know, it's ridiculous. But how long, you know, would people travel from to see United? It's a bit like Liverpool. So you've got, a, you know, a, it's a global brand. And therefore you've got people from Man from not just from Manchester, people from London, from down south, who all travel up to every every home game yeah. to see them play. That's who you, that's who United are. So therefore, but as a player, you live in Manchester and the surrounding areas like Audley Edge and Nether Audley and all those quite rich areas. And you know, you're you're hearing it. You're you're hearing the dissatisfaction with the glaziers. You're hearing it from other some from, from local people who aren't probably necessarily Man United fans. And it and it just impacts. It just impacts you. It just it's in the back of your mind. So that so to me, you know, it's there's always that slight issue which which faces United, the players. And I think your manager does an incredibly good job. I mean that's where the pro- that's where the problem has been for the other managers who've come in since the Glazers yeah. have taken over it's you know you've you've had the brand because i mean ferguson was a brand you know you you bought into ferguson and ferguson basically was that bridge which nothing got through because he was such a big brand and he controlled the club and even to a certain extent even now he controls the club but you know that's i think that's the problem you've got but in my head that's my that's my view i mean hey you're the fan you tell me
0: so what do you want
1: exactly because a, this is rant. your rant, sorry. This is your rant. Well, rant.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I, my run is a bit different from Manchester United forecast. Um I think okay. i said enough and I think it's just time to just let things be, really. Uh, I've kinda like I said, I was kinda mm. when we were losing, I was kinda resigned to the fact that we were gonna lose that game on the weekend. So I'm just trying to be, you know, um do what's right for me, really. I think you said everything correctly in terms of Fergie as a brand, shielding a lot of shielding the club from the glazers and all and the outside noise. Really, um, I think you're right in saying Ten Hag is going mm. in the right direction. Um, but actually, now you're saying that, I think we might go into an early blow your steam here. Okay, because I have something very (laughs) serious to get off my chest because it's not just football. It's American football as well. I'm seeing it with my teams and it is can people stop going back or can managers, coaches, stop going back to players they've had, they've managed previously and just get new blood in. It's it doesn't sound like a big deal. But when you think about a lot of Ten Hag's, Ten Hag's biggest signings, Anthony for eight-something million from Ajax. How's that worked out? It's not looking great, is it? I mean, he's shown promise. He's inconsistent for being young. But at the same time, he's got his off-field issues. So we've got that. Onana, almost £50 million spent on him. Like, he's been... I'm not going to miss my words. He's been terrible so far. He's literally a reason why we've lost so many games already. Um, When you think about Forrest, what he did right. against Forrest, he was lucky we came back. Well, it wasn't too bad, but the first goal they scored, where he almost just seemed to lay down as uh, Awoni approached him in the one-on-one. Even the first game of the season against Wolves, right. where he should have considered that last-minute penalty, but Vieira somehow mm. didn't let us get away with it. And since then, Spurs are currently blaming him too much. The Arsenal goals, Declan Rice's second, his winner, Will, what Onana surely could have done better on that. Against Ian Munich, the first shot, yeah. the first goal from Sunny, that weak shot oh. right at him that he let slip under his fingers. Um, who else Absolutely. have played recently?
1: Yeah.
0: Brighton, third goal, he, put, he got a hand on it, but it was a weak wrist. Same again. I just remember Galatasaray, Oh my goodness. Let me what were the goals he scored? First one was fine. Uh that okay, yeah. First one from Zaha, really. I don't I don't understand what he was doing. He could have come out and claimed the situation, taken on a situation for the ball over Dallo. Mm-hmm. Um when he saw Dalo was getting out bustled. Could have stayed over his he could have stayed on his line. Zaha's shot was weak. It bounced. And Onana, it just didn't look good with him playing in the air. Second goal was all right. But then Casemiro got and the penalty. What the yeah. hell was he thinking? That was a pass that was not on, that anyone could see was not on at all. And medicines read it, got the penalty, Casemiro yeah. got his second year long got sent off. Luckily, Icardi missed. But Onana, and Onana got away with that but then we were down to 10 men and guess what happened mm. icardi came on later and scored to win the game for Galatasaray later on and the goal if you think if you remember mm. the goal it was it was a chip and if onana had stood it was literally shoulder height mm. but for some reason he went down so early
1: yeah
0: icardi yeah icardi's Yeah. some it wasn't even onana could have got up and saved there in time and he just messed it up. And then on Brentford again, on the weekend, that goal he let in from Jansen. got a wrist to it. Weak wrists. That was the one thing with De Gea. His issues were with concentration and maybe playing out from the back and also coming out on crosses and claiming. But mm. when it came to shot stopping, he was strong in his craft. You never accused De Gea of having weak wrists mm. because he was always palming everything away or he would go no. with his feet. You just—it's yeah. just not right. It's not right at all. That's on that's the player he's brought in. Um, who else has he brought in? Lisandro Martinez been really good, brilliant, one of the best players last season. But now he's got—he was injured for three months at the uh-huh. end of last season. Re-injured this season, out for another two to three months. So that's not looking great either. I'm hopeful uh-huh. he comes back because he's been a brilliant signing. I'll give Ten Hag that. And the final yeah. one was Amrabat. Mm. Now, granted, Amrabat's mainly been played out of position at left-back But he still looked out of place in this team Um, It was between him and Gravenberg, I'm pretty sure When we were going for midfield on deadline day And you can see the the energy Gravenberg Mm. brings to the Liverpool midfield When he plays Um, He's even scored, Mm. I think he scored his first goal last week Gets forward well, and you could just see, yeah, which is what we need alongside Casemiro right now. It's why it's, it's so ridiculous yeah. that Scott McTominay hasn't been getting games because we just need legs. We saw with Hannibal Metri when he came in, someone mm-hmm. who could just run around. That's what we need in midfield right now. Casemiro looks leggy. Mm-hmm. Bruno's played the most minutes yeah. on and most games out of any player in Europe's top five leagues since the start of last season. Because he started pretty much all the games, started for Portugal and all the friendlies and the World Cup. Right, and he's just played nonstop, so it's nice to have. It sh- we should have more people mm. legs in midfield, and that's before I even get to Bill Belichick. Because I don't know what's going on with this man anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I listened to um Get Up this week on ESPN earlier this week, and Foxworth made a great point right. about it. He said. Before Belichick used his decisions were based on humility, so it was Wes Walker, Julian Edelman, slot receivers out of favor. So there's a great, Mm. there's a sweet market for them because you got good guys but on low salaries, and he built his team around that with Brady. And after that, it was big titans with Gronkowski Mm. and Aaron Hernandez before his incident, and so on. He did that as well. Yeah, he built his team around that, and he had Josh McDaniels. He had Joe Judge. He had all his guys working that way in his coaching staff, and now, yeah, and now yeah, the
1: great coaches.
0: He's brought those coaches back, and sure, the Bill O'Brien's offense maybe not, but now his personal choices seem to be especially what folks have said, it seemed to be more of arrogance. I'm going to zig when the rest of the league zags, because that's what I've done before and that's what worked. But mm. the difference is, one, Brady was like... Um, yeah, like Steve described yeah. him. The ultimate... or oh, Sean and Sharp, sorry. The ultimate, the greatest eraser in NFL history because he could cover up any deficiencies in that team and now we don't have that our o-line is crap yeah he's brought in trent brown who's not been great been a lot of injuries giving away penalties the rest of o-line is just not performing up speed he's continuing with this huge with mm. this mindset of slot receivers and titans hunter harry is decent but he's not top and the rest of the receivers we have no one creates separation for mac jones every Mac Jones. every throw McJones makes yeah. is into tight coverage uh, we let Jacoby Myers go our best receiver last year because we didn't want to pay him $11 million a year and we brought Judy Smith-Schuster in on the same right. contract of $11 million a year, Judy Smith-Schuster is the sixth, fifth or sixth receiver on our, receipt on our death chart right now that does with Titans by the way uh, you have yeah. Keisha Bote and Demario Douglas, who are late round picks from this year, ahead of Jusman Schuster. So it tells you yeah. exactly what his personal decision has been. He drafted three offensive, um, three guards and two kickers, or a kicker and a punter in this year's draft.
1: That was, that was crazy. I mean, that was absolutely crazy to draft those kind of,
0: Considering Amazing. the rest of the squad as well. I was well. surprised. Um, I mean, if you look at his recent first-round pick history, all the way from 2018 when we got Isaiah Wynn, who is now on Dolphins on a one-year contract because he mm. was a flop. A lot of them. The next year, he got Nikhil Harry. Mm. Um, that was ahead of AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, uh, quite a few others in that year as well. And the scouts suggested all those guys ahead of Harry and Belichick refused them, refused the advice. And I think right now there needs to be a structure in New England where we get... Because Belichick has always been a fantastic coach, no doubt. But right now, Bill Belichick, the general manager, is sullying the work and reputation of Bill Belichick, the coach. And he, I think it's time for a change Coach. where he mm. takes a step back from those decisions, roster and personal decisions. He doesn't have to be out the room. He can be in the room, but there just needs to be someone else who can veto some of the things or some choices he makes in that regard.
1: But, but, but see, isn't that the issue, though, that you know, most of the other managers, I mean, the general managers, coaches, have all disappeared now? Haven't they? Isn't he? Isn't he the last one yeah, in the league? Yeah. I so think he's Bill the last O'Brien one.
0: Was the previous one before him? Um,
1: and he made it. Yeah. The, the mess so up think, he made at the Texans.
0: Yeah, a lot. Of was like that. Was have, They looked at that and decided to move away from it. Exactly. So Bill Belichick is the last one, uh, and I think that needs to change.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, because the problem you've got, Bill Belichick's personality, even though he has no personality when you see him on television, it's just his personality is too big. I mean, who could actually go in and be a general manager over him? Nobody. You know, it was a similar scenario when Bill, with Bill, when Bill Parcell went from being a coach to being you know, a general manager coach. And he was still coaching. He brought other general managers in above him. It's like it's a difficult thing to do. These guys are—they're too big. Their personalities can stop anything from happening, you know. And these guys yeah. have got the ear of the owners, which is the key. And I so I think it's very difficult. But I mean, but you are right. He needs, I think, Belichick especially needs to needs somebody else in the room who he trusts to sort of to basically to allow him to focus on being one of the best defensive coaches that the game's ever seen. I agree with you completely on that. And uh, and also, you know, that's where he needs yeah. to be. I agree completely. Uh, the scenario with Ten Hag is an interesting one because, you know, he, in one sense, he's the coach. He's not a manager. He's the uh, head coach, isn't he, his title? No, 100%. Therefore, so. and I thought, isn't Edwards okay and isn't edwards the uh the guy responsible yeah. for buying and selling the players but the so thing i thought there was a separation United, of roles sorry, there. Is that so uh,
0: because ten hag feeds the advice yeah. in but because we don't have people at that level at the top level who actually know that much about football they can't really speak mm. much when ten hag yeah decides he wants a player there's no it's like it's not like you have an edwin van der Sar or someone like that who can say is this system? Why not take this man instead? It's very much because it's like mm. Woodward when he was there. It's very much financial guys who are suddenly put into a football room. And I think there was, yeah. has Darren Fletcher left the club now? I'm not too sure. But I think he was the only football man there who was, who actually knew what he was doing. He was the one who knew what I was doing. But I don't yeah, think he's still the
1: there. Yeah, and, and and hence your problem, really. I think you do need to have a good relationship between the two. I mean, Tottenham. Sorry, coming now. Let's talk about Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal quite clearly have got a very good scenario in terms yeah. of the players and how it's controlled. Uh, similar to Man City. I mean, there's a, who's the a Spanish guy Pep what, used to work with at Barcelona, who basically yeah. looks yeah. and controls yeah. the players, and you know. Yeah, and he just—they've got a, such a good relationship that they can do that. So y- you're right. I mean, that's—you know—you need to have somebody who can sort of say yes, no, or yeah, no, nah, nah, he ain't right for us. You know. And so yeah, so you need that sounding board of somebody you can trust at that level. I think yeah, the game has changed in in football, whereby you know we we don't have managers anymore. These guys are head coaches. You know, and I think there is a need to, well, the best example of that, or maybe the worst example of that, of course, is Chelsea, where they have a bunch of guys who just go and buy players and the manager's got no control of who. He just turns up and there's a bunch of, there's a new player there living, you know, who he's never probably seen before. So I think that you need to sort of, you need to have a football man at the board level to help in that sort of you know that sporting director role. I fully agree with you, and I think Billerich, but it's difficult for Belichick, You know, when you've won a number of Super Bowls like he has, who is he going to listen to? And uh, and you know, Kraft, Robert Kraft, the guy who owns New England Patriots, is always going to go and talk to Belichick first. You know, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. So I think that that's your problem there, and it's right. I mean, he's won six Super Bowls, so therefore he has the right. He's earned. Belichick's earned the right to do what he does, and unless he's got a maybe a fight a ten-year disaster period. Okay, he's had two or three. He's had, what, yeah,
0: I think it's Without a decent winning record. winning record.
1: Yeah, one. Yeah. So this season, I think he has another two down seasons. Then I think Robert Kraft may be thinking maybe Bill is going to say, I think it's maybe time that you moved upstairs and became general manager and you brought in some of these young guys underneath you.
0: Which was what happened with Parcells. You want him removed from general manager position because that's where the issue is, not the coaching.
1: Yeah, that's true. But but that's what the problem is that ain't gonna happen. That's, I mean that's that's the part of the, that's what's gonna happen. That's what I'm saying. The only way it can work, yeah. it was likely to work, is he'll move him upstairs. He won't move him out. Or it is, and he's ne- you know, and no self-respecting general manager is gonna want to go and be a general manager in between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. How you going yeah? You know, who are you gonna get to do that role? You know anybody's <laughs> any good and talented. <laughs> Well, he won't go back. That ain't well. That's never gonna work. There you go. Isn't is it Tom break Nah, he's. Is he, is he just into? What football team? teams he just bought into? Yeah,
0: he's he's enjoying. Well, that's it. Um, City,
1: isn't it? He's time. Yeah, up. so he's got, he's, he's got
0: other focus. Buying into the Aces, or he's creating a woman. No, he's buying into the Aces as well. For WNBA, so he's he's just enjoying his time on right invest in making his money so
1: yeah 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 exactly so he's he's uh he's he's gonna be doing his own yeah, thing and maybe at some <laughs> point in the future yeah. that might happen he'll go back and
0: i, I think he'll he's he'll become a general contract. i doubt take it he doesn't need the money contract. i don't know what's going on with that but <laughs> oh yeah he i think he is meant to take this year up and then re- start that up next year so I think he'll probably go into his TV analyst role more than anything. Next else. year,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd be he'd be good to listen to. That's gonna be fun. I mean, Tony Romo is, I think, very very good. I I really like Tony Romo, but uh, even listen to Peyton yeah, and Eli, Manning Tom Brady that on that'd be pretty. You learn a lot, but
0: then I think Tom Brady is just gonna bring a whole new, yeah. whole different bunch of stuff to it, yeah. and.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it's funny because I look sometimes yeah. at some of the old defensive, like the some of the defensive players, you know, the guys who go way back with, with Brady. And, and they all, the amount of respect I mean, they have the for Brady why, is amazing. Anytime, absolutely like amazing. Like Randy Moss to the yeah. um, Patriots,
0: or you had, when he was in Tampa Bay, you had Gronk, you had AB, you had Fournette, you had all these guys coming through. They were like, I want to play for the goal. You, are you yeah. telling me to, I can play for the goal? For, like, they took reduced contracts just to be there yeah. and just to be part of that experience. So I think he's probably, like, what you said Absolutely. is right in terms of he could be a Absolutely. great GM in terms of just who he could attract. But, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to just think about and so yeah. fantasize about. Though. Just imagine Brady having a bit more power than Belichick. <laughs> Just imagine the chaos that would bring. It, you could make a TV show of it. Hard knocks come calling,
1: maybe. Yeah, <laughs> hard knocks come yeah. calling. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. But that no, that ain't ever going to happen. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, yeah, they've had a bit of a, their fallout with him leaving. Is I think too strong for it for them to go back. Yeah, and I think these are two guys who are two alpha yeah. males and I don't think it just wouldn't work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you, but you're right. I mean, the, 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 the natural desire would be to get Bilicek focused on, on coaching. And uh, I mean, as defense, as a defensive coach, I don't think there's anybody better. I'm sure. I'm sure people can talk about, you know, like what's his name at Philadelphia. Uh, um, I forgot his name. Um, no, no, Well, Tom Lee yeah, was a defensive coach, but it's also Buddy Ryan, as I'm thinking about. People talk about Buddy Ryan, but one of the best defensive coaches of yeah. all time. And But Belichick is, to me, is at the top of that list, you know, in terms of defense understanding, setting things up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if he could just be... I remember Lawrence... I was listening to Lawrence Taylor talk on one podcast, and he said that Bill Belichick is the best coach he ever had. And he wasn't a coach. <laughs> he, said, he said that when Belichick went to the New York Giants, he said that he started, he said he he came up with stuff for Lawrence yeah. Taylor while he was still like a, you know, he still wasn't a proper, he's like an assistant coach or something. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Taylor said, this guy knew so much. He came up with ideas and suggestions. And Lawrence Taylor said, what are you on about? And, and he said, and he thought, did some of it. He thought, man, you, you, you actually understand this game. You know, he said, he said, Lawrence said, said, I knew this guy was going to be a great defensive coach when he was back I don't know, doing film is, or yeah. something, you know, with Lawrence Taylor. And for Lawrence Taylor to say that is pretty impressive. Because as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Lawrence Taylor is the best defensive rugby player, uh, the best defensive footballer I've ever seen. He's the he's the guy who got me well, watching that. Lawrence Taylor is what, into combined, watching watching is what got me
0: into watching football. Watching Tom what
1: got me into football. Yeah, yeah there, yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. And the commonality between the two is Bill Belichick. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So no doubt. I think we're we're in agreement. I mean, he should be coaching, but uh, it's difficult to. But that, but that's a difficult thing to. Re- How can you get him out from that job? Who's going to stop him? Nobody, nah. apart from Robert Kraft. <laughs> maybe if Robert Kraft's got oh, maybe a grandson, maybe. who wants maybe. to be general know, manager. We'll or, or the other one that could happen mm. is that uh, mm. Live Sport, the uh, decide they want to buy an American football team. And uh, they offer Robert Kraft a okay. billion dollar, no, billion dollars, fifty billion dollars or something for New England Patriots, and and then Good, that yeah.
0: would not even that will they bring in one of their own people. To give but that's part, about the only cause one because I doubt whoever that whoever comes in is going to know that much about football.
1: Yeah. Nobody's gonna know much about football, so that ain't gonna happen. So there's, there's no way it's gonna happen. We're all in agreement. So, in answer to your yeah, question, it's yes, your man, rant, you, I'm sorry about the, you the, burst my bubble. That's yeah. all right. You know, sorry. Man you know... <laughs> but it's, 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 it's an understandable one given what's going on. Yeah. But right, uh, well, but hopefully things might more improve.
0: Positive thing uh before we go into Spurs actually do you have a do you still have your top 5 for me or is it mm-hmm. another do we?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. listen my top 5 for you mm-hmm. are right who are the five well, Listen, I've got a... i i've got a i've got no, I don't have one really i was i was thinking of one up for you earlier on today about Rebounders. Who are the top five rebounders in the NBA of all time? Right. But uh, I suddenly thought, nah, he's good. He's, 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 it's gonna be not meaningful to him to get some of the names in here because because mm-hmm. all the guys that all the guys that really got going in the Maybe list like are Road, way Curry. before you know you got the classics are gonna yeah, be yeah. way before your time uh, really. So all right. no, it's well, down to you again. It's Bears down, is down to top you. of
0: the league. Can you name the? Five clubs with the most top four Premier League finishes. Hmm.
1: Ah, well, Tottenham will be one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start with the obvious one: top yeah. four. Liverpool. I'm surprised you didn't go. i surprised you didn't go. United. First. Man United, top four. Oh,
0: okay, and, and Man, Man City, City. So it's into us. That's fine. That's fine. So nah. you've got. Arsenal, Liverpool, United, City. Yeah.
1: yeah and number five? Uh, yeah. No, number five. Is it? I'd love to say it was us, but it wouldn't be us. I think we find we're probably sixth or seventh. Um, who okay. else would be above so us? No, one it might not be. Manchester I'll take United it back. On it 26. probably is
0: first. Arsenal on 22. Liverpool and Chelsea on 19.
1: Yep. City on
0: 13. Yep. Yeah, ah, that's Spurs the one. On seven.
1: I keep forgetting Bram- about Abramovich. Yeah, you're quite right. Sorry, how I, did I forget Chelsea? <laughs> Chelsea, should like a, Chelsea should have been the there, of course. Chelsea should have been there. I apologise for that. I'm good. With I should have it. put yeah. So four out of five. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're they're the they're the ones I would expect. I mean, it's the other ones. that yeah. I mean, but it's well, going this back Premier
0: League. So from 1993,
1: like Aston Villa. Yeah. When they were at yeah. their heyday. This is not Premier League, yeah. Yeah. I it just shows you the dominance, really, of the Manchester clubs. Yeah. Uh, Manchester clubs, Liverpool, and, and London, really. It really is. It's just ultra. Yeah, these are real centres of football. Yeah. Honestly, under and you yeah, clearly United, because
0: three, three times you've had the that Ferguson was the effect. The ever finishes in but, his 20s. It's 20 years in the Premier League, yeah. Well, yeah, but that was in Premier League, Premier League.
1: Well, his first season, so he, Premier only, he just managed to yeah, avoid relegation. Premier League
0: since 92, 93. His lowest finish in his twenty oh, seasons was, was, it? was three yeah, third-place
1: yeah. finishes.
0: And then, of course, That's he had 13 cool. first-place finishes. So, yeah.
1: He's just amazing, really is. I mean, yeah. As much as I don't like the man, you've got to respect him. Yeah. He's he's I, I would say, okay. Yeah. And you okay, and let me go back to the old prem the old first division. But I mean I would say of the top managers, the top in my opinion, the top handful of managers mm-hmm. in my in my time would be and I'm not giving them any order, Shankly. Clough, Ferguson, uh, who else was up there? As far as uh, they're, they're, they're my they're my top three. Clearly, I'm going to put Bill Nicholson in there because I think he's great for Tottenham. But those four managers, you know, were like, and okay, were amazing. You know, there were characters. They they played they, the teams played good football. They drove things. Uh, you know, amazing. Yeah, you know, mm. and they and they basically they ins- and the thing about them was each of them left a legacy. You think, I mean, yeah, in terms of what took place, even a bit, bit less so in terms of in terms of Ferguson, but he was there so long. But Shankley left a legacy. Uh, you know, Clough left a legacy in terms of with Peter Taylor, and Nicholson left a bit of a legacy with us. But I mean, we've never been able to really recreate it. But yeah. You know, but Tottenham have always been associated with a particular type of football because of Nicholson. You know, we we have a brand of football that we play. And it's even now, you know, so Tottenham fans expect us to play attractive, entertaining football because of the manager that we had. You know, so, yeah, they, each of them to me were quite strong characters. And, uh, yeah, tremendous. Yeah. Top four. I don't, if you were to ask me for a fifth manager... I'm not sure. I'm I'm sure there's some great managers, but you know, clearly the guys at Liverpool what after after Shankly, but I think these boot room boys like B- Paisley, Bob Paisley, who basically won a lot more trophies than Shankly did, but Shankly introduced the culture. And that's what I mean by it. That they, they each of these guys create a culture around them in terms of how football should be played. Yeah. Okay, and probably some people might say Don Revy should be in there as well, but yeah, I'm not a Don Revy fan. I'm not that I don't video. think his football yeah. was that great.
0: To be honest, I did read a book yeah. about the history of football tactics. Before your time.
1: Before your time. I do
0: understand what kind of understanding the way where you are coming from. I think in my time though, I think I would probably go strictly speaking, strictly yeah. sticking to what I've watched and what I've seen. I mean, obviously, the most influential would be Sir Alex Wenger, Guardiola, mm. Mourinho, and one that I think goes flies under a radar a lot in Carlo Ancelotti. I think what he's what he does at every club he goes to. He's not a strict tactician right. like the others, but what he does is he fosters a great relationship with his players, and he just. He brings the best out of them. He gets them to bring the best selves onto the pitch. They play for him.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, w- remember when Real won the league uh Champions League a couple seasons ago, so twenty twenty one. And remember how they all posted for all the young guys like Vinicius and Rodrigo, yeah. twenty twenty one, Milta, all of them posted called him Don Carlo the boss and watch how they posted celebrating with him. It was he mm. looks like he was a father to them. And I think that's something, even when Cristiano was there, mm-hmm. he, re- he said it himself, he really respects Don Carlo. Mm-hmm. It's just, he he's a man, he's probably, I don't want to say the best, but one of the best man managers of all time, in terms of how he manages egos, Because he's, if you look at where he's been mm-hmm. as a manager, he managed Palmer in the late 90s, and then went to Juve. AC Milan, Chelsea, PSG, Real, Bayern Munich, Napoli, and of yeah. course the the one uh, exception in Everton since then. But even at Everton, he did fairly well. He did quite well. So it just shows you. Well, why he left. Yeah, I never really why he left,
1: left at Everton. That, that was the one that was more of a puzzle something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he moved right to the reality yeah, that one. Yeah, but that's right. I mean, which oh, okay. Is that the really reason why? I go okay. That.
1: okay, that's probably more Okay, okay. In that case, uh, jump shit. No, nah. yeah. fair enough. But no, okay. But I'm up there with you yeah. in terms of what's taking place. I think there are some amazing. We've got some great managers out there right now. You're quite right. I mean, I know I you've gone been with been Fergie because, speak, because he's well, clearly one thing your I'll manager, say about
0: but is, if Pep look, will be he a tough one does create projects, but if you look at Barca, Bayern, and City, Barca before him under Rijkaard, he com- I would not say he, based on what players and everything have said, he did obviously make a huge impact. But Barca went small change either. They won 2006 Champions League before he got there, and they went semi yeah. quarter semi finals in 2008 as well. Yeah. Uh, that was right before he took over. And obviously, he did a great job with them, but he had Messi at the time. Mm. Bayern Munich, he joined after they won the treble with Jupp Hanks. Uh, So it's not like they were chicken change either. And of course, they they were winning the league regularly by then. And they've been winning it regularly since he left. City were winning the league. And I would say, yeah, he has changed the football landscape. But at the same time, he's also spent a boatload of money at the top clubs and the best players of all time around him. Or not of all time, but the best players in the world around him. Yes. Under Sir Alex. Sir Alex took over a team that was in relegation zone and he worked and built a sustainable project 26 and, for 26 and a half years. And no discredit to Guardiola because he's done great with City. But being somewhere three to eight years
1: and
0: being great with them is very different from being there 26 and a half years. Yeah.
1: No. Exactly. Yeah, I I've got to agree because I mean the sheer he fact is he he created several teams not mm-hmm. just one team. He created several winning teams. Exactly. And he changed the landscape of British football by I would say, by one. He won, he won he something with young players which was the you yeah, know he's done t-
0: football he won, yeah, he, he's done some amazing ball, things. And he kept doing okay. it and winning while doing it. So for me and of course there's a bit of the United pass as well but for me I would always hold Ferguson Ahead of Guardiola, because of that,
1: I understand. I completely understand your rationale. No, I, and I won't. I wouldn't argue with it, really, because I think there's something. Inter- I think there's something sustainable when I mean, you can create a sustainable, ongoing organization that, irrespective yeah. of what takes place, you continue to win. You know, that is a phenomenal phenomenal achievement. In a high and the other side to it, the foot you know, the Premier League is a highly competitive league. It's not like some of the other leagues around, which are just two team based or maximum maybe three. In the case of Spain, where it's like Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And like nobody else has won at a competition like ever. You know, so you know, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, it, it's to do that in a highly competitive league like the Premier League yeah, is you. a real achievement. He's, yeah, I, I, I go with um, you. He's top but, of the yeah. list.
0: Is there anything else you want to speak about?
1: No, not today. I mean, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I think we can talk about next time we chat. We can have a quick conversation about well not very quick about the Rugby so World Cup would. because the quarterfinals sorry, of this just week. to interject
0: Have you and, been following uh, the cricket world cup? We could have a catch up on that.
1: Really Because I think wrong. No, I ha- yeah. funny enough, no, I haven't. I I mean I know England lost the first game and they batted at Bangladesh in the second. So I've not I've not really had a chance to have a get Honestly, too involved in it, I I but I'll, I'll have a look. I'll start I to have a look at that. Just so going through.
0: Watch all these things as part of my job. I would so love to go. Up. Well,
1: well, I'm retired, sure, and I, I don't. Over. I'm retired. Oh, no, and okay, I don't have the time to look at social social it. So yeah, you, you probably need right, to right, work so. in sport you've to give you have a chance to see them all. well we we all seem to be doing stuff so that's very true so that keeps us busy anyway let's catch up next week and it would be good to have a chat about maybe both the Rugby World (laughs) Cup and the Cricket World Cup and that would be an interesting one to have a conversation about yeah yeah because I mean uh, my West West Indian blood can show through and your Jamaican blood can show through so we can, yeah, we can have some conversation.
0: Ah, there we go. Oh, yeah, that's true, because West Indies is...
1: No, the no. Jamaican cricket know. team is part of the West Indies cricket team yeah, for the that. World Cup.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So we can have a conversation, always, see how that goes. Okay.
0: Yeah, speak to you later on quality. Bye.
1: All right. Good to speak. Speak again next week. Bye.